0: Welcome to Austin Chapel. Um, Today we have something special. Um, I am blessed, I would say, to be um, really a third-generation preacher um, on both sides. Both of my grandpas were um, missionaries and ministers and everything like that, and my dad as well was a missionary and worked as a pastor and everything like that. And now I kind of get to be the third generation on both sides. So I'm very honored to have... um, really a family line of people who preach and teach the Word of God. And, and so it's my honor today to introduce my grandpa, who's um, my mom's dad, who has been a missionary for, I guess it wasn't 50 years, it's 44 years. Still pretty impressive, I, but we'll all be impressed when it hits 50. Um, uh, 44 years, and um, he won't tell me how many countries, because he doesn't know. <laughs> When you lose track of how many countries you've been a missionary in, you know you're probably doing some good work, right? Uh, So I think it's close to 30 or something like that. April, you were trying to add it up, weren't you? We know it's more states than he's been to, (laughs) right? Uh, Anyways, so um, Grandpa, if you want to come up, um, um, I'm honored to have you preach, and he's going to preach something special for us today, and um, I I pray that we'll all just have hearts to receive and, and ears to listen, Amen.
1: Well, we are children of the light. Amen. Amen. You all love Jesus? I like to be people who love Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this lovely time. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You're still on the throne. You rule and you reign. You do a good job. And we're proud to be called your people. We're thankful. We're in a world of hurt. We needed you, Lord. You reached out and you touched us. You bring us unto yourself. You've purposed, Lord. You transform us. To change us into the children of God. Children of the highest. Hallelujah. What a privilege. What a calling we have in Christ Jesus. So here we are today, and we're asking you, Lord, to minister unto us. Forgive me for all my shortcomings and inabilities. Please don't limit uh, the message today by what I know or can do. Lord, just take charge. Bring glory to your name, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Stephen, uh, I shared a story with Stephen here on the phone a few weeks ago that I'll use as an apology for what I'm about to share, okay? <laughs> uh, my son, Richard, who was just healed miraculously of cancer, the doctors had told him to go home and put his family in order, but the Lord removed the cancer. Long story, but glory to God. But Richard, uh, who loves Jesus, uh, took his boys to a baseball game, a professional baseball game. Up in the Seattle area, Seattle, Washington, and uh, they were there early. And these guys come out and they start playing catch. You know how they do warming up and batting a few balls and playing catch. And Richards thought, "Wow, these guys are pros, and they're still practicing the basics. <laughs> they have to, you know, make sure they can still catch a ball." Make sure I can still throw one and hit one with a bat and whatever, you know, just basics. But all of a sudden, the Spirit spoke to him. He says, yes, and that's the way it is with the Word of God. And so if I'm going through the basics today, it's because we need to. To keep sharp, keep in tune, we need to go over the basics again and again and again. Amen? So a lot of what I'm going to share today will be stuff you'll go, wow, I heard that a long time ago. Amen. I hope you did. I hope you did. I hope I don't share anything really, really new. Because I want to stay to the basics. I want to stay to what's important. And I want to get it down. I don't want to just know it. I want to do it. Amen. So many times we're satisfied just to hear the Word of God. And to be knowledgeable in the Word of God. Be able to quote scripture and tell everybody what the Bible says. That doesn't impress people as much as you think. <laughs> I'll tell you what will impress them. Love all of them. Amen. Do what the Bible teaches. Hallelujah. Well, today, <clears throat> I want to talk about a subject that should be real familiar to you. But I don't believe it yet. Unfortunately, it should be. I mean, unfortunately, it's not because it should be. <clears throat> the fruit of the Spirit the fruit of the spirit is what I want to talk about. The importance of the fruit of the spirit is disgracefully misunderstood by the majority of the professing Christians. Disgracefully misunderstood by the majority of Christianity today. You say, oh, wait a minute. Well, yeah. Yeah. We know a lot. We know so much of the Bible. We, can, we have our libraries full of Christian books and we can quote Moody or Apostle Paul or, you know, whoever. But, beloved, have we really gotten a hold of the importance of the fruit of the Spirit? I'm finding in, in Christianity today it's not. We, we're really lacking. People are, are not discerning much about the fruit of the Spirit. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. We find Jesus preaching there. He's a good preacher, don't you believe? Let's 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 listen to Jesus for a moment. Matthew twelve thirty one. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And and whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him. Neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. Tree is known by his fruit. This is how we can know false prophets by their fruit. Amen? This is how we can know a man of God is by his fruit. Well you think, well, that's simple enough. That's easy enough. <laughs> right. Do you remember the the tree that Adam and Eve partook of? What was it called? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'll tell you what, ever since then, we've been all mixed up. We don't know good from evil. We don't know our left hand from our right hand. We call good, good, uh, uh, evil, good, and we call good evil. That's bad. That's a problem. It's a lot worse problem than what we realize. It's much more disgraceful than we realize. It's disgraceful to call good evil. And there's no forgiveness if you call the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, evil. That's serious. Amen. So, beloved, I don't think we could talk about much anything more serious than this, right? We're getting down to serious stuff here today. Amen? And I think it's stuff that we need to get a hold of. We need to get some understanding on. And the fruit of the Spirit is understood by most Christians that it's important we have the fruit of the Spirit. But unfortunately, there's been very little teaching and expounding upon it, and people are not able to discern their left hand from the right. They don't know good from evil. And they're calling... The wrong thing, the wrong thing. You know what I mean? The good thing, the wrong thing. And beloved, we don't want to call good evil. We need to know our fruit. And unfortunately, most of us, most of Christianity today, cannot discern good from evil. They're confused. And there's a reason for that. Let's hold your finger here and let's go to uh, chapter 6 of Matthew. We'll start with verse 19 of chapter 6. Lay not for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, but if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness! We're in that time right now. We're living in a time of great darkness. Why? Because people don't behold their God. They're not keeping God in their foresight at all times. They're not single-eyed. They're of a double mind, of a double heart. They know good and they know evil, so they think they know what to do. That comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the pride of life. The pride of life is still disturbing our vision. The pride of life is still confusing us. And the darkness is getting greater and greater and greater. Beloved, this is serious stuff. We better get it right. We better learn to look only upon our Lord. Amen? it says in the book of Genesis that Eve saw that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a tree to be desired to make one wise. She saw that it was a tree to be desired. So she desired it and she partook of it and she got wisdom. Jesus says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Which tree are you partaking of? Which tree do you desire? What's your purpose for reading the scriptures? To make you wise? Make you knowledgeable? So you look good in the sight of all? So you look like a good Christian? That's where a lot of them are today. They're wanting to be wise and knowledgeable and understanding. They want to be able to quote all the prophets and all the scriptures. But they don't desire righteousness. Jesus, blessed he that hungers and thirsts for righteousness, for he shall be filled. He's not saying blessed he that hungers and desires to know everything. We're so full of pride. It's time we... Learn to humble ourselves, amen? It's time we learn to realize it's the simple things in life that matter. Obedience is still a pretty important word, amen? Oh, beloved, we need to have a single eye. If you don't have a single eye, you have an evil eye. When I first read that, I thought, oh, wait a minute, Jesus, what do you mean? mean? Yeah, evil eye, come on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm confused. (laughs) Well, it's like, it's kind of like dad said before he leaves the house, Stephen, I want you to uh, do the dishes. He's thinking, I I don't like your dishes. (laughs) Okay. I want you to do the dishes and mop the floors, whatever. So dad leaves and he comes back and Stephen has swept the floor. He's washed the walls and windows and whatever, but the sink is full of dirty dishes Is dad pleased? Did Stephen do a good work or an evil work? You be the judge. Did he do a good work or an evil work? Is dad going to be pleased? That's why a lot of us want to live our Christianity. We want to do what we want. We want to do what looks good in our eyes. Beloved, we must be born to do the will of God. Amen? The will of God should be the most important thing in our criteria. It should be our desire to please God. Hallelujah. If you're not, you're not single-eyed. And if, if you're going to walk in the Spirit, I mean, if you're going, yeah, to live in the Spirit, you have to walk in the Spirit. We have to dwell in the Spirit. And to do that, we have to be of a single eye. To walk in the Spirit requires to follow after the Spirit, amen? We can't follow after the Spirit if we're none of a single eye. And we're going to be doing a lot of things that look good unto us. Everybody wants to do something good for God today. They want to do a lot for God. God is not looking for someone to do things for him. He's not looking for someone to do a lot of good for them, him. What does God need? Is he poor? Does he need money? What does God need? Does he need help? Is he weak? Jesus uh, didn't brag about how much he could do. (laughs) Jesus didn't come to earth to show us what he could do. He didn't step out to do a lot of great things for God. In fact, he says in John 5, 19, that, he says, of myself, I can do nothing. He says, I can only do that which I see my Father doing. <laughs> how much is that? Well, depends on how much you got your eyes on Jesus. Amen? Many of us would be total failures if that was our criteria, right? Because we don't watch Jesus close enough, right? But Jesus always had his eye on the Father. He always had his heart inclined to do only what the Father desired of him. He had no intention to fulfill his own will at all. He had no uh, nothing to prove. Are you getting it? He wasn't trying to please mankind. He wasn't trying to make impression on anybody. Hallelujah. He could simply focus on the will of God and follow the Spirit. Hallelujah. Beloved, this is what we must learn. We must learn to abide in Christ. We must learn to follow after God with all of our hearts. Be of a single mind, if not of a single eye, excuse me. We must be of a single eye, which is also of a single mind. We don't want to be double-minded. Scripture teaches about that as well, doesn't it? A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Don't let that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Wow, that's pretty serious. We have a lot of double-minded Christians trying to serve Christ today. We have a lot of Christians with evil eyes today because they're not of a single eye. Are you getting it? They just want to add Jesus to their program. Well, you better let Jesus add you to his (laughs) amen it takes a surrender it takes uh, brokenness and true repentance to come to the place where we enter into his program and not ours don't set out to do great things for God set out to have a single eye keep your eyes on him and be, be prepared to do only his will amen You know, uh, Jesus said, I can only do that, which I see my father doing. I confess to you, it's just in the later years, I've really been getting that. I've understood that for a long, long time. But the practice of it is I've been falling short on for years. Here a year or so ago, a couple years ago, I had become aware of a tribe (coughs) called the Chin tribe over in India. Uh, well, excuse me, in Myanmar, uh, formerly called Burma. That's where uh, uh, Judson uh, was a missionary for many years and led a lot of people to Christ. And beautiful testimony. You need to read it sometime. Anyway, I had read that testimony and felt very impressed that God must be using that tribe that he led to the Lord greatly. Anyway, cut a long story short. I started reading and studying about it, and I come to find it. After a trip to Myanmar, well, it's a long story. I didn't want to get into all this. <laughs> anyway, I went to Myanmar, met a guy there that was, uh, which is formerly called Burma, and he was a convert. He was an older guy than me, and he was converted at 14 years old, and he's one of those guys that just had faith and courage right from the start. He, he wanted to preach the gospel, and he was just freshly converted, and it was raining and pouring down rain. And Well, I'm just going to go preach anyway, so he went out and preached, and, he did that for three weeks and never got wet. <laughs> That's the kind of guy he was. Uh, well, he was a lovely brother, a real humble brother. And uh, him and I were fellowship in. He was sharing with me. He said, oh, yeah. He says, I used to live in the jungle. And he says, uh, these two angels walked with me every day. <laughs> well, not every day, but he says, often. He says, they walk with me often. He says, one always did the talking. <laughs> pretty awesome stuff but anyway he shared with me how that uh one time he uh was going to preach in a village and uh they had no oil for the lights there's no electricity out there they used oil lamps and they needed the oil for the lights so he said i'll go get it so he runs to this village well it's further than he realized and he's trying to get back in time to do his preaching and and he's not making it and He's getting real concerned, so he stops and he prays and did something runs again, and he stops and prays and run. he did this three times on the third event he that he prayed. he looked up and saw a tiger standing over there. Now I know you you may have a hard time believing what I'm going to tell you next, but I met this brother, I knew his humility and his spirit i I received what he had to share wholeheartedly. I hope you can too. He looks up and he sees a tiger. And he says, I knew without question it was an angel. He says, So, Spirit says, You know, go. So he walks over to the tiger. And the Spirit says, Get on him. <laughs> so he gets on the tiger. And the tiger runs him to the village. <laughs> now, everybody in the village saw the tiger run in with him on it. And they want to come and hear what he has to say. <laughs> <laughs> well he shared testimony after testimony with but prior to this meeting of this brother and prior to going to Myanmar I was praying for God to show me what he's doing with the Chin people that had been my prayer uh, when I went to Myanmar I went there desiring to see what God was doing I didn't go there to start any kind of new work. I didn't go there to plant a church. I didn't go there to do anything. I just simply wanted to see what God was doing with the Chin people. That had been my prayer. So he led me to this old man and a few other people like him. And I got to minister when I was over there, and it was awesome. I had a great time. But this old man finished up telling me many miracles, many wonderful things. But toward the, when he started getting older, the Lord the Holy Spirit told him to go up to China, and so now he's going to go to China, uh, but he can't get across the river because it's flood stage, Phew, and it's a tropical area, and it just rains, season and it's floody, and he couldn't get across so George praying, 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 prays about three times, sure enough, he looks up the third time, there's that tiger again. <laughs> And again, he gets on the tiger, and the tiger swims him across the river into India. And he kind of left it right there. He didn't tell me much about what happened up in India. So I got real curious after that. All right, Lord, what do you do with this chin gospel up in India? And I started praying for India, and uh, I want to see what God is doing. So I decided to go to India <laughs> just to see what God was doing. I said, Lord, I'm not, I remember praying, Lord, I'm not going there to do anything. I just want to see what you're doing. What a privilege to see what God is doing. So my wife and I went over there together. Right across from Myanmar is a state of India called Mizoram. So we bought tickets to go into Aizwal, the capital of Mizoram. And we went there not knowing a soul. We went there, and uh, I prayed, well, Lord, put someone in that, uh, because I found online a name of a hotel called David's Clover Hotel. I mean, you know, that sounds good. So (laughs) we decided to go there. And I said, put in that hotel someone that will be my contact person to lead me to the people you want me to know, see what you're doing. Did he ever? The owner of the hotel got really excited about Francille and I being missionaries. And she said, i got a lot of people you need to meet. <laughs> and she started calling people up. But one of the first guys she introduced us to uh, owns a Christian television station there in Izwal a city of about a million people. And first, before you know it, he's interviewing Francille and I. And we put us on TV. Then he had me preach. About two hours on television, and I didn't plan any of this, but the Holy Spirit did, and because I was anxious to see what God is doing, so He introduced me to this man, who's really being used of God to win a lot of people to Christ. This man that owns this TV station, and then I got to meet a guy by the name of Lala. We call him Lala. His name's about this long, but in short, is Lala. I met Lala, who's an old gentleman. And uh, he's been a missionary for years and years, and he runs a mission called Mission for Christ. Oh, I had powerful testimony. I won't go into all of that. He was a powerful man of God in his youth, and he is kind of like the Apostle Paul to the State of Mizoram. Anyway, he found out that we make disciples and stuff like that, and he wanted to know if I would come back there and make disciples in his mission. I said yes, so. Ended up going back there and making disciples there for 30 days in his mission, and, and he. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It was just amazing. It was amazing in many ways. The Lord was showing me what He's doing in India. I've never been a place in my life where there are so many Christians. There's no city in the United States with as many Christians as me, as Eiswall has. I, asked, I kept asking, what's the percentage of Christians here? And I said, everybody. <laughs> and that's the way they see it. Everybody's Christian. And you say, no way. But you go out and you talk to people, they're Christian. <laughs> Over a million people. Have you ever been in a city where everybody's Christian? Well, then start asking God to show you what he's doing. You think all of India's lost heathen people, right? And they're not. God's got a wonderful work he's doing there. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is awesome. Church in America, knows nothing about it. Oh, I never heard anything about it. Have you? Maybe you, but I never heard anything. I was totally like, wow. They have a temple. It's called uh, Solomon's Temple. Built just exactly like the Temple of Solomon in the Bible. They spent millions of dollars building this thing, millions. And it's just awesome, it's just beautiful. Anyway, we could go on. So I taught over there, making disciples for 30 days there in India. And uh, Lala said to me, he says, do you uh, like to do a graduation service when you make disciples? Because we're going do it for 30 days. It's a nice program we put on. I said, well, I don't. I've done it a few times, but I usually don't worry about it. He said, well, we're going to do it. I said, okay. Your program, all right. And he said, you're going to wear a cap and a gown. I said, really? Come on. <laughs> and said, well, okay. So he said, we got, we're going to have a special guest. And he says, uh, we're going to have you know special speakers, and you're one of them. And uh, the next one is the governor of the state of Missouri. And so I had the governor of the state of Missouri sitting by my side with his wife right there. Pretty awesome. (laughs) And the governor gets up and teaches on discipleship. (laughs) Is that awesome or what? That happened in our country. (laughs) Our our governor is talking about discipleship. That was pretty awesome. I asked the Lord to show me what He's doing. Do you want to know what God's doing? Ask him. You want to know what he's doing in America? Ask him. In your neighborhood? Ask him. Keep your eyes on him. Be of a single eye. If you're too busy laying up treasures in heaven, if you're too distracted with many other things, you won't be of a single eye. If you've got too many projects you want to finish... Before you die, you'll never make it. You'll never see what God's doing. If you're too busy doing what you want to do. Remember when Jesus started calling the people out? Well, let me go and bury my father. He said, well, "I'll let the dead bury the dead. Remember when Jesus, how a single eye, wasn't he? The man who looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Today, we got a lot of people looking back. They're not fit for the kingdom of God. They're not of a single eye. How great is that darkness? I'm telling you, it's dark. It's dark in our country today. Oh, Lord, help us. Amen. We need help. Oh, I wanted to show you Isaiah 520. This, uh, this kind of really, really shows us where we're at today. Steve, I'll let you read it for us. You got it there? Isaiah 520.
0: That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight.
1: If you're wise in your own eyes, prudent in your own sight, that's a mistake you're probably making today. Calling good evil and evil good. And if I understand the scriptures correctly, you to be real careful of that. as if we are calling that which is holy evil, we're in trouble. Amen? Remember what we read? There's no forgiveness. The people were saying that Jesus was casting out devils by the spirit of the devil. And then in the Gospels, he goes out and points out that. No, you don't say those things. (laughs) Anybody who blasphemes the Holy Spirit is in danger of eternal damnation. That's pretty serious. So we better learn to discern our left from our right. And, beloved, if we don't have a heart to only seek after God, we'll be deceived. Simple as that. You cannot serve two masters. We can only serve one. So let us be of a single heart and a single mind. You remember Philip and the disciples, how they walked with Jesus? Philip said to the Lord, he said, well, Lord, he says, "Uh, suffice. He says, enough. He says, now, show us the Father. (laughs) Jesus, what? Philip, he says, "Uh, I've been with you so long, and yet you're now saying to me, show us the Father? Look, Philip. If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. They are one. Amen. Well, didn't that surprise you when you think about it? Give the, meditate on this a little bit. He had been walking with Jesus for quite some time. Why didn't he realize that? What's his problem anyway? Why couldn't he see that there's the Father working with Jesus? Well, I tell you today, we have a lot of many people just like him. We have a lot of people coming to church, carrying their Bible back and forth, Sunday after Sunday. They still don't know; their are left from their right. They still cannot discern. You probably have relatives you've been praying for for a long time. They still, and they've been preached to a lot. They've seen a lot of television. They've read a lot of books. And they're still not knowing Jesus. Amen? Well, you don't know what an orange tastes like unless you have a bite. Amen? Can you tell me what a fruit tastes like if you've never eaten it? Can you know the fruit of the Spirit if you've never partaken of the fruit of the Spirit? It's hard to know. You must first become a partaker. Amen? Only those who have been loved by God, when they don't deserve it, like uh, these poor sinners that come to find mercy before God, they turn and they love God back. Amen? We love God because he first loved us. Now, God is love. God doesn't have love. You may have love, but you're not love. You see the difference? God is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. Against such, there is no law. What? No law? No, no law. Why? <laughs> what kind of law do you need against love? <laughs> <laughs> there is no law. Those who are partakers of the Spirit are partakers of the life that's in Christ Jesus. They've been set free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8. Amen. Once we become partakers of the life in Christ Jesus, whoo, Hallelujah! We have the love of God. You see, Jesus did everything according to the Spirit that was within Him. Amen. He didn't do anything out of set of rules and regulations. Now, the law was good. It was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. But James tells us that we should judge as if we were judged by the law of liberty. I got confused. What, what, now, that's a contradiction in terms. Law of liberty? What is that? Well, law of liberty is pretty important. It's like, okay, maybe Steve has a dog. I'm picking on him today. He has a dog, a nice big German shepherd dog, and, and he has it chained up to the tree. And, and he says, look, James, he says, my dog never leaves the yard. <laughs> well, yeah, Steve, you got him chained up. Then his brother, Trevor, so, Trevor, Trevor says, well, look, at my dog. <laughs> Sorry, Trevor. Trevor. He says, look, at my dog, he says, he's not chained up, and he doesn't leave the yard either. Which one's obedient? They're both obedient, right? (laughs) Well, we think. (laughs) We take the chain off the other one, we'll find out, right? Well, the one dog is staying because he loves his master. He's staying because he wants to do the master's will. Amen? What would you do if the chain wasn't on you? A lot of Christians today are serving because it's a commandment. They're doing it because God commands it. That's honorable. That's not honorable enough. Amen? Why does Jesus have to command us to do what is so notably necessary to be done? You understand? Why does mother have to tell the daughter to wash the dishes when the sink is full? she can't even find a clean cup but yet mother still has to tell her to wash the dishes <laughs> shouldn't the daughter love her mother enough just to go ahead and wash the dishes, amen why does Jesus have to tell us to lift up your eyes and the fields are white already on harvest he shouldn't have to tell us Amen. it should be in our heart to preach the gospel to every creature why do we have to have a command, go ye into all the world and preach gospel to every creature? If you're truly saved, you really partake of the grace that's in Christ Jesus. The love and the desire should be there. Amen? This is a tree to be desired to make. That we might be filled with righteousness. Amen? That we might walk in obedience and fulfill the word of God. Just have a couple more thoughts, oh yes. Yeah. Second Timothy, I'm gonna look at my notes when I remember. Second Timothy two fifteen he says uh, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show thyself approved unto who? Oh unto God. A lot of people study to show themselves approved. But most they want to be approved by their fellow Christians, approved by their pastor, approved by their friends, their parents. That's not the good motive for studying. Study should be to show yourself approved unto God. Is that a concern for you, that you're pleasing God? Well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, faith. Think about the fruit of the spirit. Bible says without faith no man can please God. Amen. You want to please God? Most people think faith is an option. We can take it or leave it. You hear people say all the time, Well, you just have to take that by faith. In other words, they wouldn't really want to take it by faith. That'd be the last thing they'd want to do, but, but you'll just have to take it by faith. I'm sorry. That's rotten. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear what a privilege it is to take it by faith. Amen? I want to hear how much you love to forsake all and go out, surrendered unto Jesus, walking in faith. Hallelujah. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear what a privilege and you believe it is to walk in the commands of God and do the things that please him, the things that he loves. Is it your desire to please God? Well then you better learn to walk by faith. Amen. Because anything that's not a faith is sin, the Bible says. Did you realize that? Anything that's not a faith is sin. Whew. That's pretty serious. Not only does it not please God, but a sin. So you see, there's really no options for us. Amen. So beloved, we need to learn about the fruits of the Spirit and their importance. You know, if a man is partaking of Christ's love, he's partaking of Christ's forgiveness. Amen? He knows how to forgive. Only the forgiven know how to forgive. And if you see someone who's professing to be a Christian, but they have trouble forgiving, you better pray for them. Amen? Forgiveness is so important. The forgiven know how to forgive. Those who have found repentance and grace in God are gracious. A man who has no grace is not gracious. A man who claims to have grace but is never gracious, contradictory, amen, something wrong. Beloved, we better learn to esteem the fruit of the Spirit. We better learn to discern those who are truly manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. Let's finish up. Well I don't know if we're finishing up, but let's we're close to finishing up. Go with me to, to John. Next we'll finish tomorrow. No, I just did. <laughs> let's go to John uh, 15. Oh, I just remembered another testimony I wanted to share with you. I think it helps bring light on this. Then we we'll go to John fifteen. We're talking about knowing the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot uh, love the fruit of the Spirit until you have partaken of it, right? And today, uh, and Jesus says, uh, you shall know them by their fruits. Well, today in the church, there's a lot of emphasis on miracles, power. God is powerful. He's the almighty God. He can do anything. No question about that. But you see, they're getting confused with the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. They're not the same. Did you realize, maybe you don't, but the enemy can copy almost, I believe all, the gifts of the Spirit. For example, we're living in Central America, a country called Belize. And we went into a house, unknowingly, that right behind our house was a small shack there, where lived with a lady by the name of Sarah and her family, her husband, her son. Sarah was a voodoo priestess. She uh, practiced witchcraft. She worshipped the devil openly. She was the second strongest voodoo priestess in the whole country of Belize. People would come to Sarah to put curses on people, and they would die. They'd come to Sarah to heal the blind and the sick. She would walk on coals of fire. She could speak in tongues. She, uh, yeah, prayed for the sick. She did all kinds of miracles. Well, cut a long story short, she got to know our family. and was watching us. And our daughter Shannon went over with permission from her parents, teach her how to make chocolate chip cookies because her son really liked them. a long story. But anyway, so Shannon goes over teaching Sarah how to make chocolate chip cookies. And uh, Sarah starts relating to our daughter. Did you know that I'm a witch? Yeah, that's what they say. And uh, she says, well, you know I have power to put a curse on people and they die. Yeah, that's what they say. And this goes on like this for quite a while. And she's telling all the great things that she can do. Then pretty soon she says, well, truth is, ever since you guys moved into this house, I can do nothing. This says, if I look at any one of you, any one of the children, we have seven children, and they're always out and about. So (laughs) if I look at any one of you, I can't uh, do anything. I lose all my power. She says, I know the spirit you have is greater than the spirit that I have. Hallelujah. Now, she never heard about us walking on coals of fire. She didn't hear us putting curses on people, you know what I mean, or doing any great things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. She didn't hear about any of that kind of stuff. What was it she was seeing? How did she know? Well, like the Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen? Hallelujah. You know that's you too. If you're partaking of Christ, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Beloved. You are rich. You're powerful. Because Christ is in you. Amen? We of ourselves can do nothing. We are nothing. But in Christ we're everything. Hallelujah. How do you say? Uh, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> all things in Christ who strengthens me. me. <laughs> anyway. Beloved. It's awesome. It's awesome. To know that Christ is in you. Now, how did she know? What was it she saw? I'll tell you what she was seeing. She was seeing something that she never had. I don't think she knew in the beginning what it was about us that was more powerful. But she knew it was more powerful than anything she ever had. The love. Compassion. Patience. Meekness. Temperance. Faith. The fruit of the Spirit is powerful. Amen? That's what she was seeing. That's what she could not copy. That's what she had no power to do. She was powerless in those areas. <laughs> and against such, there is no law. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit, beloved. All oh, it should be desired. Do you ever hear anybody praying for more love or more faith or more meekness or more temperance? Let us pray that way. Let us look at that tree to be desired. Amen? Now let us turn to uh, John chapter 15. Jesus said, verse 1, I am the vine, and my Father is the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away, and every <clears throat> and every branch that beareth fruit he purges it, that it bring forth more fruit. We understand the word purge, right? Prune, cut. Wow. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. You know in Ephesians it tells us by the washing of the water of the word. What a privilege you know! Every Sunday we come we're washed by the water of the word. Isn't it awesome? Well, let us not go out and soil our clothing so quickly. Amen. <laughs> let us go out and with uh, the desire to keep on keep the cleansing. You know. Keep the word flowing, right? Keep the word coming in to walk in that sanctification in Christ. He says, abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abideth in the vine. No man can, no more can ye, except you abide in me. Can uh, a fruit tree uh, just say, oh, I'm going to bear an apple and just squeeze out an apple? No, no. He just has to. Oh, he has to work really hard to produce those apples, right? He picks up his roots every night and runs all over town, does all kinds of jobs, right? No, that tree just abides in the soil that he's planted naturally, and the fruit just comes. Many Christians think to bear much fruit you have to do a lot of work. You don't have to do a lot of work. You need to abide. (laughs) You need to rest. Amen. Rest in what? The promises. Rest in the faith that's in Christ. Rest in the work that He has accomplished. Realizing that He has done it all. He's prepared everything. The fruit will come naturally. Amen? It says, I'm in the vine. I no, I am the vine. You are the branches. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Wow. I was meditating on this one the other day. This is so awesome. You want to change your prayer life? Just pray according to the word that's in your heart. Just pray according to what the Holy Spirit's been ministering to you as you read his word. Are you getting it? Just start kind of marking. Like, you remember how Mary kept things in her heart concerning the promises of God? She kept them in her heart. Keep the promise of God in your heart. Keep the word in your heart. Pretty soon, that'll change your prayer life. You'll be praying according to the word that abounds in you. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's the way we want to pray. Amen? Amen. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear a little fruit. No. Did I that mystery, misread Yeah, I think I did. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Don't be dissatisfied with a little meager fruit here and there. Great is that darkness. Desire. It says in Proverbs 18:1, it says that being sanctified, we should desire. I'll just say it, I can't quote it now. Let's turn to it. It's Hebrews, I mean, Proverbs 18:1. Through desire, verse 1, through desire, a man having separated himself, you know, you've repented, you've you've sanctified yourself, you're now, you're walking with God, having separated himself from the things of this world. See, we can't serve the world, we can't love the world, nor the things are in the world. We have to separate ourselves, amen? But once we have separated ourselves, then our desires are pure, hallelujah, once you have said, hey, I don't want to serve the world anymore. I don't want to walk in the flesh anymore. I'm sanctified now. I'm walking with Jesus. Now you have new desire. And he promises to give us the desires of our hearts. Hallelujah. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? There it's teaching us through desire, having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. If the heart is truly sanctified, It's not hard to discern the will of God. People tell me, how do you know the will of God? How do you just know what to do? And and they think I got some secret plug in or something. No, there's nothing secret about it. You just sanctify your heart. Once your heart is sanctified, you got it? Then you can trust the desires of the heart. Hallelujah. You can trust what the Holy Spirit has given you, and you can walk in it, and you can do it with all pleasure and joy and fullness of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's go back to John there. Let's finish up there. Uh, we'll, we'll eventually get down here, Steve. Sorry. Uh, where were we, verse 7 or No, we read 8. Now 9, verse 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Oh, the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It really is. Without the joy of the Lord, there is no strength. But with the joy of the Lord, there is much strength. We can do all things in Christ who strengthens us. We can do all things when we have joy. Hallelujah. Let's stop there just for a second and meditate on the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, we hear the people say, fruits of the Spirit. It's not fruits. It's fruit. It's not nine fruits, as you hear people say. It's one fruit with nine flavors. Mmm, joy, peace, mm, long suffering, faith, love, man. Many flavors. If it's missing one flavor, it's not the fruit of the Spirit. We must desire and love and appreciate all flavors. Amen. We must learn to know all nine flavors. We want to be familiar with them. We want to bear much fruit. And if you sense your joy is gone or your peace is gone, you're sick. There's something wrong. Pray. Amen. Get on your knees. Don't just let it slide. It happens to me frequently. All of a sudden, I lose my peace. All of a sudden, I don't have any joy. Oh, wow, this ain't nice. <laughs> Prayer closet. Amen? We want to be there. We want to renew that joy. We want to renew that peace. The past. Peace passes all understanding. Isn't that amazing? The fruit of the Spirit. Peace that passes all understanding. Why are you doing that? I don't know, but I got peace about it. <laughs> Can you explain to me the will of God in that? No. I've got peace about it. I don't know. I've taken my family long distances and done a lot of crazy things just for the peace of God ruling in my heart. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome to let the peace rule and not the mind. Allow the spirit to have authority and not your knowledge. It's humility, but it's beautiful. Amen? You have to learn to let self be at rest. <laughs> Put to death. That's the best way to rest him. Forget about it. <laughs> Amen? And walk in the Spirit. This is my commandment, verse 12, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of the Father. I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Hallelujah. This is the will of God. He's ordained it. It's going to happen. Hallelujah. I've ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it unto you. Yes, beloved, the fruit of the Spirit. I hope today now that you will truly desire to see the fruit of the Spirit manifesting in your life continuously. Don't be satisfied with a little fruit here and there. But let us truly desire the fruit of the Spirit. May we abound in his love, right? We want the love of God to abound in our hearts. And then the everything we speak out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Everything we speak will be gracious and lovely, right? Why are we always speaking ugly, nasty things? Are you with me? Let us hide the word of God in our hearts. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Let us hide the 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 promises and. You know, uh, I know everything's so ugly in the world today and everything, really a bad scene out there. But you know, I, I don't keep that in my foresight. You know, we Christians have the greatest future there is. Hallelujah. No one has a greater future than you do. Hallelujah. We are blessed. We have a calling of God that is, ah, woo, it's high. It's mighty. It's wonderful. Someday we, the children of God, are going to look and act like God. Hallelujah. We're going to bear the fruit that he bears. We're going to live the life that he lives. Can you imagine anything greater than that? I can remember when I first started reading the Gospels, when I was still a heathen. I fell in love with that man from Nazarene. That Nazareth. I loved the way he did everything. I loved the way he healed the sick and the blind. The way he healed the adulterous woman when they thought he should stone her. <laughs> I loved him. I still love him. I love the way he did. The Pharisees despised Jesus when he healed the blind man, he despised him because they did things on the Sabbath. Oh, woe unto them. Woe unto those who blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Woe unto them that cannot discern the good from the evil and the evil from the good. Beloved, let us be strong in the grace that's in Christ. Let us abide in his spirit that we may know the fruit of the spirit, that we may bear the fruit of the spirit, may be partakers of the fruit of the spirit on a daily basis. Amen? Let us pray. Oh, Father, we're called in your presence here this morning by the work of your Holy Spirit we realize that each one of us is here by your grace by your interfering in our lives you first called us, you first chose us, we did not choose you <clears throat> you have purpose Lord to bring us transform us into your own blessed image Lord let us be like the clay on the potter's wheel. Let us be fully surrendered. Let us give ourselves unto you. Let us be of a single heart and a single mind. Let us not love the things of the world or the things in the world. But teach us, Lord, to seek after you with all of our hearts, with no distractions. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And
0: thank you all